Where are the 2018-2019 Carolina Hurricanes now in 2023? We continue that discussion in this episode of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked on Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of this Friday afternoon. And this episode is, of course, brought to you by the lovely folks over at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And this is part two of our discussion of where the 2018-2019 playoff Carolina Hurricanes are now in 2023. Andrew and I, we had a blast filming, uh, recording this. It was super, super fun taking that trip down memory lane. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, go listen to it. Then come back to this one just in case you uh, missed your favorite member of that roster. And of course, there will be a part three as well. And without further ado, here is part two of where the 2018-2019 Carolina Hurricanes are today. Now moving on to another future Hurricanes Hall of Famer, and that is the captain for this season. That was Justin Williams. We have talked about Justin Williams a lot on this show over the past. So, uh, yeah, he was a major, major piece of this team as a player and as a leader. Uh, he obviously set up Brock McGinn for the OT winner against uh, Washington, like we mentioned earlier. Scored a couple really big goals in the playoffs. He didn't sign immediately heading into the next year. He didn't come back until about midseason and then of course he did retire after the 2020 playoffs when they got eliminated by boston up in the bubble currently serving as i believe assistant uh to general manager don model i believe i don't know the official title but he is the regional manager yeah yeah he is doing front office stuff for the hurricanes these days and again we've talked about this a lot of just the leadership that he brought to this team and the motivation that he brought this to this team. This is what they needed. You had so many young guys on this team, uh, and he was really able to help mold them into the players they are today. Yeah, you know, he was he was a top six forward for Mm -hmm. this team, too. Um, He scored like 20 some goals and 50 points and he set the standard, you know, of when things Mm -hmm. weren't good enough, there was an expectation. I can remember a game against the Tampa Bay lightning somewhat late in the season. Of course, you know, the lightning that year were an incredible team, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. won the president's trophy, the hurricanes end up, I think losing a lead in the third period and losing the game. And I remember we talked to him in the locker room after trying to ask him, you know, well, you know, is it just Tampa's skill or just, you know, 
they were better or you guys were are tired from all the games you've been playing. He said over and over and over again as an answer, no, we just pissed it away. He he just kept saying that. And it was like that kind of, you know, reinforced for you, like the standard that he was setting, like the to make the Hurricanes winners, like that, you know, anything else was unacceptable. You know, in the in years past, that game would have been like, oh yeah, you know, it's whatever. They they had the lead, but they lost to a great team. Williams is like, no, we that that's not okay here anymore. We we are here to win. And the other part and that I know we've talked about before is, you know, in that season, he really helped not just rebuild the Hurricanes as a team into a playoff contender. He rebuilt the franchise too, or excuse me, rebuilt the fan base. Because remember, the storm surge was his idea. Mm-hmm. He, he he was a driving force in recreating a lot of the excitement around the Hurricanes that had been missing mm-hmm. throughout the playoff drought. So no, I mean, the impact that Justin Williams made in just one season on the direction that the Hurricanes are going today is really immeasurable. Yeah, and you know, like I said, yeah, he's still part of the franchise and and everyone still absolutely loves him and everyone knows just how much he means to this team on and off the ice again yeah he of course is retired now so that is strictly off ice these days but yeah what he did to help mold the players that they have now that you know you blow a lead like that that's not acceptable it's not oh we just lost to a better team that's not the case anymore. He really set the standard and between him and then him and Rod, you know, being those two guys there that really, you couldn't have asked for better there uh, of getting, you know, the culture of where it needed to be. You know, we all know about Rod Burnwood, but Justin Williams, the same thing. He, he knows what it's like to win. And he, then he also knows what it's like to lose. You know, the guy has three Stanley Cup rings and a Conn Smythe trophy to his name. He knows what it takes to win, just like Rod Burnmore. He knows what it takes to win. So, you know, you got these guys there in the locker room at the time, you know, these really young kids in their late teens and early 20s. And, you know, they know what these guys have accomplished in the career. So when they say, hey, we can't do this, if we want to put another banner up there, we can't do this. That carries weight. It's not like you or me saying it, you know, there's just oh, whatever, you know, those guys, they know what they're talking about. And Justin Williams, again, future hurricanes hall of famer. I honestly think uh, he'll probably be the inductee uh, this year. <laughs> uh, whenever that yeah. gets announced since Cam Ward got in last year and Eric Stahl has not officially retired. Uh, so yeah, he is, we could go on and on. We could be here for another hour talking about Justin Williams and Justin Williams podcast. Yeah, exactly. Like he is, like I said, future hurricanes hall of Famer. like plain and simple. (laughs) That's all you need to know about him and what he has done for this franchise. Uh, next up is of course, Brock McGinn. Uh, we will not say his NS. FW nickname here because this is a family show. But if you know, what you, you know. It. Oh, are you um, talking about his b- big pet rooster that people always like to talk about? <laughs> yeah, uh, he of course scored uh, one of the most 
iconic goals in Hurricanes history. That, of course, was the double OT winner against the Washington Capitals. Again, you know, I have the uh, commemorative picture thing back there because that was absolutely phenomenal. Um, him, <sighs> there's no words to describe that one. I mean, great, amazing. Uh, whatever that, that just doesn't encapsulate and no one thought the hurricanes were going to win that series knock off the defending champs football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a super bowl winner you can get a Bonus bet every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So right now, folks, go visit FanDuel.com slash on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash on no one thought that was going to happen and then they did it and brock again you know he's obviously a fan favorite while he was here folks loved him uh he's a funny guy too if you ever got to talk to him uh, as well um and yeah he stayed for two more years uh and yeah, you know, he obviously uh, we all remember yeah you know, that uh, first line Brock McGinn stint when he he just had it rolling offensively like out of nowhere, which was awesome. Uh, he ended up signing with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He got waived and then claimed by the Ducks last year. Um, I'm not sure if he is still with Anaheim. I think he is. I'll, I'll double check. I think he that, is because but... um, I don't remember the length of the deal he uh i think it was a it was a four-year deal with the penguins and last year was only the second year of it so he should still be just under contract with the ducks yeah uh but yeah fan favorite while he was here with the hurricanes he has been another one of the guys where you know especially how they've had to rebuild uh the bottom six uh these past few years uh talking about potentially bringing him back another one of those moves i just don't see happening I, it's more likely than lucas walmart but it's not one i see happening now um obviously wishing him all the best again you know one of if not the most iconic goal in hurricanes history yeah, I've talked about this before, but one of my favorite, you know, Hurricanes memories and moments from that season was being at players retreat watching that game 7 with my friends and the whole bar just being packed with Hurricanes fans and the mm-hmm. eruption. Uh that that was just really cool. That and that you know that showed you the buzz around the Hurricanes that was coming back to Raleigh that mm-hmm. year. So, you know, yeah, Brock Brock McGinn Look, the Hurricanes made the right decision. To yeah. not match what Pittsburgh offered him in free agency. And no, I don't think he'll be back, but certainly an iconic hurricane. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the only way he comes back is, you know, when his contract is up with Anaheim now, like a cheap one, two year deal, much like, you know, Calvin DeHaan this past year. Uh, if it's something like that, then sure. Uh, but it's not, he's not going to get, you know, like he did in Pittsburgh. Um, that's the only way I see that happening. But again, that's 
you know, it's still two years away where the hurricanes are at then who knows where he's at then who knows. Um, but next up we do have Warren Fogle uh, playoff. Warren Fogle was a menace. He so- scored some really big goals in the series against Washington. Uh, he ended up being with the hurricanes for two more years. And of course he was traded to Edmonton for Ethan bear in that one for one trade then. Uh, and he is currently still with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, again, another one of the guys that was a fan favorite guy. Don't see him coming back. Uh, but yeah, he, he played a, he was another guy. It played a really big role, uh, with the hurricanes getting to where they are now. Um, and this was in just the way we're talking about these guys, you know, whether it be Fogel, McGinn, uh, whoever it just really showed just how you know this was a this was like a this was a team it, this was a team effort this wasn't just you know a couple guys you know really you know putting the team on their back you know and these other guys show up every now and again like this was like everyone was like we got a chance and we're going to do the best we can yeah i remember like i said i think he scored two goals in that first in that game three against Washington. I remember game four against Washington was actually the first Hurricanes playoff game I ever went to as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think my brother bought me tickets for graduation, but I remember Warren Fogle scored less than a minute into that game and just blew the roof off. I mean, it, it was so much fun. So, yeah, no. Uh, good. That's a good two-way winger with the Hurricanes. Played pretty well next to Jordan Stahl for the most part in his tenure here. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, it was logical for them to move on from him when they did. But de- yeah, definitely a big part of that team, a good player for the Hurricanes. And just, I mean, he's done pretty well with Edmonton. I mean, he's just a solid player, solid, you know, third line winger, can play up in a pinch if you need him to. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, you know, the Hurricanes brought in a need for them at the time in a right shot defenseman in Ethan Bear when they made that trade. Mm-hmm. You know, they were fairly crowded on the wings. Yeah. So, you know, it didn't really make a ton of sense to keep Warren Fogel. But, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, he was a great player when he was with the Hurricanes. You know, great in his role. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't yeah, like Sebastian mean. Ajo or Andre Svechnikov, but he was very good at what he did. Yeah, he, he did his job well. And that's, at the end of the day, all you can ask for from these guys. You know, whether it be your top guy or, or a depth guy, you know, as long as they're doing their job well. That's all you can ask for. And next up, we do have the fan favorite, <laughs> and that is Jordan Martinuk. This was his first and arguably best year with the Hurricanes. Uh, he, of course, you know, went off this past season uh, and had a career year in terms of numbers. Uh, he scored 16 goals in the regular season, obviously, again, still with the Hurricanes went off like last year like i said and in the playoffs uh he was wayne gretzky levels in the new series against the new jersey devils he is entering the last year of his current contract um he is i think he stays honestly i i, I do i think it would be another you know short-term kind of deal i think you know two three years maybe um because you know he is such a good leader for this team he 
and I he had in this past season, I think really showed that what he can still bring to the team. He was able to stay fully healthy for a whole year, and I, I we said it a lot this past season. I do think him getting uh, put on waivers at the start of the season definitely kind of lit a fire under him and be like, you know what? Yeah, I, I see all this stuff on uh, Twitter and social media. Folks saying, oh, you know, Jordan Martinuk is ever paid. First line Martinuk this, first line Martinuk that. Uh, I think he really just used it as fuel for this past season and really showed like, hey, I'm still here. I can still play. And again, that first year with the Hurricanes was great. Like I said, arguably his best one uh, until he, it was the best one up until this past season. But yeah, absolutely great move for the Hurricanes when they traded for him uh, with, with Arizona. And yeah, it, it's panned out great for them. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you look at what he did. That first season, he was a big part. Again, obviously, a big part on the ice in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Scored 16 goals, played a lot with Andre Svechnikov. Yeah. You know that that's something that we don't remember a lot of. Um, he was a mentor for Andre mm-hmm. Svechnikov his rookie year. His first, you know, we've all seen the ah, Mister Svechnikov videos like from the bubble and yeah. stuff. The one of the Rangers being like down the hallway and all of a sudden, like you hear that in the back and like, they're all like looking around is like one of the funniest things I've ever seen, but mm-hmm. no, I mean, he, he played a big role in, you know, Svetch's first couple of years in the league as his mentor. Mm-hmm. And I think also for that hurricanes team, you know, another guy with his, the excitement that he brought who helped rebuild the fan base. Yes. And yes. the locker room, too. I mean, the Hurricanes needed that, like, you know, big, you know, energetic personality in the locker room for a young team that was looking to take a step forward. And he provided that. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing, yeah, before we move on, you know, I you know, mentioned you know, his uh, leadership aspect of it. Uh, one thing that really stuck out to me, I believe it was this past season, or it could have been the one before, uh, was when... They were down in a game. I do not remember who they were playing. Uh, they they cut to uh, the Hurricanes bench. And there's pictures out there of it. Uh, I don't know if we could even find them at this point. But I remember seeing them. Of him coaching the guys on, on the bench. Like, you know, just you know, him being that leader. Uh, be like, hey, this is what we need to do. And him taking that leadership role really serious, it shows like, hey, you know, that A he has on his chest, it's there for a reason. And yeah, that I, that always sticks out to me. Uh, and just, you know, he's talk about, you know, how Justin Williams helped develop uh, players, uh, it, you know, this current leadership group on the team. And yeah, obviously he had uh, Shane Doan in Arizona, of course, that he got to learn from. But, you know, he has turned into a great leader for the Hurricanes. And that has always been something that has stuck out to me. Yeah, for sure. Next up, uh, another uh, fan favorite, uh, one that, yeah, we still, out of all the guys, you know, if we're going to bring someone back, this is probably the one we want to bring back. And that is Nino Niederreiter. This was 
a phenomenal pickup by Don Waddell in that trade uh, with Minnesota where they sent them Victor Rask or Nino Niederreiter. Uh, one for one for Victor Rask. To say they fleeced the Wild uh, would be putting it mildly. Um, and, you know, Nino was absolutely phenomenal in his time with the Hurricanes. Uh, 14 goals, 30 points in 36, 36 games that first year uh, after the trade on the top line with the Finns. Huge part of the Hurricanes run to the playoffs that year, save for three more years. A bit of a down year in 2019, 2020, but again, very, very good in 2020, 2021, and then 21, 22. Signed a two-year deal with Nashville, traded to Winnipeg at the deadline. Um, there were many times when like the Hurricanes offense was drying up over his time here where he just put the team on his back and like, oh, you know, Ajo can't get it going, Swesh can't get it going. All right, I'll do it. You know, and I remember, you know, when uh, like half of the Hurricanes roster was out with COVID, the man just put the team on his back. Yeah. It's like, okay, we got like half an AHL roster here. No disrespect to them, but I, I got to I got to step it up. And like I said, you know, a lot of these guys not really on board with bringing them back, but if the Hurricanes were able to reacquire Nino Niederreiter, we'd be all about it. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, you know, you mentioned that I think what 14 goals, 30 points, and 30 game and 36 games after the deadline. We talked about how much the Hurricanes top line with Aho and Tara Vinen carried them down that stretch run. Adding Nino Niederreiter to them took that took that line to another level. And again, I do not think the Hur- the Hurricanes don't make the playoffs if they make if they don't make that trade. I, I fully believe that because remember, coming into like January, they were near the bottom of the entire league, and they made a furious charge. In Saint the Louis round. was the worst. And Hurricanes they won the cup. were uh, the next one. Yeah, and they made a furious charge to make the playoffs that Nino Niederreiter played a huge part of. The fun one funny memory I remember about him, his first game with the Hurricanes, they got blown out at home by I think like Ottawa. And I just remember after the game, Rod Brindamore saying that he felt the need to apologize to Nino Niederreiter for that happening in his first game. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of funny. But yeah, no, again, another critical piece of this team. The the Hurricanes, again, they, they don't make that push to make the playoffs if they don't trade for Nino Niederreiter. And then who knows what we're talking about now. Yeah, and, and before, you know, uh, you take these next two guys, you know, one thing with Nino is not only was he a great player for the Hurricanes, he was also a great just ambassador for the organization. Because any time he was interacted with fans, he never made them feel rushed or anything super polite. I remember uh, the training camp following uh, this season here, that 2019 uh, training camp. He was coming out uh, you know, to go to his car. He was FaceTiming, uh, I think, at the time, girlfriend or fiance, um, I think. Not sure if they've gotten married since then, uh, but he literally said, I got to go and hung up to talk to the fans and take pictures, 
it, it wasn't like a quick, hey, you take a picture, you move on, you go about say like, no, he took his time with everyone and he made everyone feel like he cared. And he was a great ambassador for the organization. And, and that's what you want. You don't want a you know, player to be a jerk or whatever. You know, he he was absolutely phenomenal when it came to the fans and representing the organization. And that was phenomenal. We actually uh, have, I remember, uh, God, I forget what year. They were still at uh, Raleigh Center Ice uh, was the practice facility. They hadn't moved to Wake Competition Center yet. I was uh, like one of the schedule posters uh, that they used to do. I don't know if they still do them now. I haven't seen them in a while. Uh, I was getting like everyone to sign it uh, for my girlfriend for Christmas, and you know, he was talking about he's you know he was saying, oh that's such a good idea you know you know all that he he was all about it which was great, and we have um some of his skate blades they're act we bought them at the Hurricanes yard sale, but they're actually Minnesota skate blades which is really cool I I'm not sure where we have them but uh yeah absolutely phenomenal Hurricane on and off the ice but. Uh, Andrew, why don't you take these uh, next two guys? I'm sure you're going to have fun with these. Uh, well, one yes, one no, because one of them is unfortunately kind of sad in terms of the where they are now. Yeah. But Saku Mainalainen, um, you know, signed over from Finland. I have no idea if I just said that right. And moving on, good <laughs> physical bottom six well, winger, good it. guy, fun player. Went to Finland for several years after leaving the Canes. Was with Winnipeg last year, currently a UFA. And then you had Michael Ferlin, who was part of the you know Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, Dougie Hamilton trade. Had a great start to the year for the mm-hmm. Hurricanes playing with the Finns. You know, exactly kind of what they needed. Almost a little bit in that more, definitely more feisty, but a little bit in that Nino Niederreiter role yeah. of a goal-scoring power winger. Ended up getting banged up a lot, played nine games in the playoffs. In free agency, he signed a four-year deal with the Canucks. But quite sadly, he has not played a game since the 2019-20 season due to concussion issues. He is now an unrestricted free agent and is very, very likely retired. Again, very unfortunate. You never like to see that happen with guys, especially concussions. Uh, the, The biggest hope is just that you know, Michael Furlan can get through those issues and have a good, you know, healthy, happy life with his family after hockey. Cause I remember, I think it was him at one point that year. I remember one of the cool things he, um, he brought his daughter into the locker room with him, like his little daughter for a post game scrum. And he was like holding her as we're talking to him. And there's like a shot from the TV interview. You can see, of um i'm in the scrum and he's got like his little daughter and i'm like smiling at her and she's like hiding her head against her dad like doesn't want anything to do with me but um yeah i certainly hope for the sake of michael Furland and his family that he is doing better and that you know he gets through any lingering issues that he might have from those concussions and just can enjoy his time with his family and life after hockey yeah concussions are no joke uh, that's for sure. I've talked about some of my issues with them. They're, they're no joke. And whatever he has to do to have the best quality of life post hockey. Again, I do think yeah, at this point, very much likely retired, um, considering you know, he hasn't played since 
in so long and what caused him to not play for so long. I definitely think, yeah, he's unofficially retired, but you know, moving on to the defensemen, uh, we are going to start with uh, the third untouchable member of the Hurricanes uh, core, and that is a Jacob Slavin. Uh, he was his usual self uh, in 2018, 2019, and he has just continued to get better year after year, you know, just doing Jacob Slavin things. It's the best defensive defenseman in the NHL. Uh, so, you know, no big deal there. Uh, he has two years uh, left on his contract as of right now. Obviously, at the end of next uh, season, he is uh, er, he is going to be getting a very, very nice uh, contract extension to lock him up long term. And I believe with his age that may lock him up uh, to essentially retire a hurricane. Yeah. He's 29 years old as of recording. So say he signs an eight year deal, whatever that pretty much isn't sure that he retires a hurricane at that point, which is what I think is definitely going to happen. Yeah, I agree. You know, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this. This because we've talked so much about Jacob Slavin, but it was kind of cool, you know, this year when the Hurricanes finally got good, got into the playoffs, got more relevant, to see the larger hockey world, you know, finally taking a notice of, oh, hey, this this, this Jacob Slavin guy, he's like really, 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 really good. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was kind of fun to see that year. Yeah, it, it, it was really fun. And like I said, you just continues to get better year after year after year team MVP year after year. Uh, my preseason pick for team MVP this year. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Future Hurricanes Hall of Famer. Uh, does everything he needs to do uh, for this team. Next up, Brett Pesci. Uh, another really big part of this team. Uh, he mainly played with Justin Falk uh, that year. Uh, and he has continued to be one of the uh, biggest bargain defensemen in, in the NHL. And um, he's under contract with the Hurricanes for one more year. But as we've talked about a lot this offseason, we could very much see him getting traded soon, which will suck because he is really stinking good uh, for this team and has been for, gosh, how how many years has he been in the league at this point? Uh, he, you know, uh, he, he, yeah, like he's eight years. He, yeah. Something like that. He, he's been so good for this team. So it would definitely suck to see him go if, and when that happens, but man, yeah, he's been an incredible part of this team and was then, uh, back in 2018, 2019. All right, folks, we hope you enjoyed part two of where the 2018-2019 Carolina Hurricanes are now. Again, we had a blast talking about talking about them taking that trip down memory lane. So stay tuned for part three. And in the meantime, make sure you're following the show along on Twitter or X at LO underscore Hurricanes, myself at Jared Ellis underscore 96, and Andrew on there as well at a schnitt 53 and we will talk to you guys in the next episode folks and let's go canes